Dinner Podcast, sponsored by Flyro. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Skinny Jean Garner Podcast. You are very much welcome. My name's Lee Connolly, the Skinny Jean Gardener. Uh, and look, I want to say before we kick off today, uh, big up to Flymo. Actually, actually can, I, can I mention the... I'm going to mention this, guys, right? Just real quick. Just bear with, yeah? Bear with. I used, the other day, the best grass trimmer I've ever... I don't know why I'm getting so... Why am I getting so excited about it? It was so simple. Hey, hey guys. It was so easy to get... What was it called, actually? Hang on. It was called the... Let me have a look. Their website. Aha. The C... Who comes up with the names? I don't know. The C-Link 20V. 20 volt. Grass trimmer. I can't even say how easy it was. I don't. I, I come away so excited about it. <laughs> Does that make me sad? The C-Link twenty volt grass trimmer. I loved it. All right. I tried it out the other day. I loved it. I boshed out because I've, I've got a robotic that does the main bit. You still have to do the the grass trimmer on the edges, right? Boshed out in three minutes. Boom. Thank you. Now, that is the sort of grass cutting I like. Three minutes, done. Watch me neighbour. <laughs> Sniggered, didn't I, while he was spending however long. I don't, know what he, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was doing. I hope you don't listen to this. <laughs> right, anyway, we've got a great podcast coming up, guys. Big up to fly, man. We've got a great podcast coming up today with Ben Cross, all about British flowers. Let's hit the intro. And I'll speak to you after this. week we've got ben cross on the podcast so pumped to have him on we've been talking for a while actually on instagram about him coming on the pod and never has there been more of an important time for ben to like represent and support nurseries such as is like we're going through something right now that you know a lot of businesses are going to be struggling it's going to be a difficult time so we've got to go out there and support them so it's a great time to have ben on to talk especially about British Flowers Rock, this campaign that he's been running off. That's where I first spotted him. I think it was a good year ago now. So, look, I'm not going to run through the whole list of exactly what happens in this podcast, but it's an absolute corker. So, look, sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. Cha, 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 cha. The Garden Chit Cha. Cha 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 cha. The garden cha. So yeah, look, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, dude. I know we've um, we've been chatting for a while now on Instagram about you coming on and doing something. I really want to know about how you got into this whole world of British flowers. Yeah, well, it's a strange one because I did marine biology for over ten years. Wow. Sort of studied it, worked it. Uh, from about 2000 to 2011, and in 2011, I came back to work full-time on the flower nursery. Um, sort of a little bit about the history. I'm a fourth-generation grower, so my great-grandparents 
um, they took the opportunity of the Land Settlement Association back in the 30s. So a lot of listeners, they may have heard of the Great Depression of mm-hmm. the 1930s. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of shipbuilders, a lot of coal workers, miners out of business, out of work. Uh, there wasn't the benefit system like there is today. <laughs> um, so the government back then set up over 20 areas around the UK where unemployed families would go and work and farm the land. Okay. And even prisoners uh, coming out of prison would go and work work the land to sort of get them back into work. And um, my great-grandparents, Albert and Louisa, um, from Abertillary, came down to southern England, a village called Siddlesham, in 1936 to take the government up on this, um, you know, on this uh, LSA, L- LSA scheme. Right. And there was over 20 areas around the UK where people would go and work and farm the land. But Siddlesham, there was about 150 small holdings down at Siddlesham. Okay. And I say small holdings, but they're about three or four acres each. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, the, the listeners, if you Google Siddlesham LSA or Land Settlement Association, it brings up a whole nother thing to talk about but basically it was the benefit system back then set up by the government to get people back into work and then obviously during the uh, second world war we had the land girls and all of that then my granddad joined my great-grandparents on the lsa after world war ii he met my nan who was a pompey girl down at portsmouth had my dad uncles and aunties at siddlesham and then in 1957 we moved from Siddlesham to Warburton, which is near Arundel. And if people don't know where Arundel is, it's between Portsmouth and Brighton, right on the south coast, mm-hmm. between the Downs and the ocean. Beautiful place. And um, that's where I live today. Wow, was I'm slowly taken over from my uncles, aunties, mum and dad. So how, that's sort of the brief history of it. Yeah. How come initially, Ben, you didn't go into it to start with? Well, I was obviously born and bred on on the flower nursery, Uh, always been sort of into the outdoors and the environment and always wanted to do, you know, help conservation and the environment and the planet. So, um, you know, I love surfing, scuba diving, water sports. So for me um, to go and study and do marine biology was, you know, fitted fitted everything, really. Um, So I lived around the world for over 10 years. Did some amazing things, went to some amazing places. But, you know, <laughs> you can do a study for a whole year and find these amazing birds, but they'll still build a wind farm or you'll find this amazing coral, but they're still dig for oil or yeah. whatever. And it just became, you know, I loved what I did, but you didn't see it through. Whereas with the flowers, you know, you're not working for anyone apart from really yourself and, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the British Flower Rock campaign, it's still very heavy into the environment. But basically, if I put a thousand percent into what I'm doing, I can achieve a lot more and you're more sort of in control of what you're doing. So um, that's sort of a reason why I was sort of drawn back to the nursery. You know. So, yeah. so do you grow? So what? So for the flowers you grow, where do they where are they all sold? Where, what happens to them? Yeah, so we specialize in the British Ulstrom area. Um, as you know, I'm Ulstrom area Ben on twitter and instagram and as i say when we were part of the land settlement uh you know you grew a wide range of things you know salad crops flowers pigs cattle sheep chickens all all sorts of stuff but then the birth of the supermarkets in the 50s 60s 70s you know people wanted things all year round so you know people wanted things way out of season so no longer could you grow lots of different things and still make a living so it's time to specialize and 
granddad specialised in the British Ulstrom area um, because it gives you millions of stems through the whole year. Right. So back then you could supply supermarkets, wholesalers um, all year round, um, plethora of different varieties and colours. And slowly but surely the whole nursery came over to growing the British Ulstrom area. And as I say, back when we started, we used to supply all the supermarkets, all the wholesalers. Um, but that was obviously when they were buying British, unlike now where over 90% of cut flowers are now imported. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, purely down to price. Right. Yeah. Um, I had a phone call this Valentine's Day from a supermarket. And because they could get Ulstrom area for 4p cheaper a bunch from Colombia, they didn't want mine anymore. <sighs> and that happened Valentine's Day this year, 2020. That's really because <laughs> it was four p cheaper a bunch. I mean, that's less than a penny a stem, you know. That seems um, crazy. That's how ruthless uh, and cutthroat the industry is. Yeah. What actually goes into growing the, these flowers? Because like, it's one of the things that, especially more last year or so, I've been thinking a lot more about what actually. Like, I'm, I'm massively into veg growing. You know, Ben. Like, yeah. I always start to think a little bit more about what I'm eating. Um, which has been bought from the supermarkets and stuff. And the same with flowers. Like, you, it's one of them things, isn't it? You just go to shop, you buy them, you give them yeah. to a, a loved one, and yeah. no one really thinks about what is what goes in behind the scenes with it. But this is the point. So this is the whole point. I've been doing the British Flowers Rock campaign since 2014, and it literally, I do about 50 or 60 talks a year at gardening clubs, NAFAS clubs, RHS clubs, and so on. And it is all about just making the audience just clicking their brain on a bit. I mean, we've had Jimmy's, the Jamie's, the Hugh Fernley's, the Warm Waste. Um, we should be buying British food and more seasonal food and eating in season. But with flowers, we're about 20, 30 years behind mm. in terms of education, awareness, and even product placement and labeling in supermarkets. So British bacon can no longer be called British bacon if it was Danish bacon, but packed in Britain. Yeah. <laughs> or when you walk up to the egg counter, you've got your free range, your battery, well, hardly any battery hen eggs left. When you walk up to the fish counter, you're looking for your sustainable fish logo. But with flowers in most supermarkets, right now it's summer here in the UK, and it will be summer bouquet, £10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not what chemicals are on the packaging, not what chemicals are on the flowers, not where they were packaged where they were cut, when they were harvested, no carbon footprint rating at all. It's just what flowers they are and the price. And that's all the customer has to go on, which in my mind is nowhere near good enough when you're comparing it to food. And the flower industry within the UK is £2 billion. Wow. You've got food, flowers, and then way below that, you've got video games, clothes and cars and Mm -hmm. so on. So it's a big, big industry within the UK, but even in terms of product placement and labeling we're as i say 20 30 years behind uh, where food is right now and it's really uh, it's got to be tightened up big time you know do you, yeah. think, do you think consumers are bothered about that sort of thing no the supermarkets weren't bothered about food until yeah. jamie jimmy hugh fernley and people started educating us and we started signing petitions and jamie was going to number 10 with school dinners the sugar crisis and all of that um the supermarkets would rather just sell you eggs yeah. Not three different types of eggs. They'd rather just sell you fish and not sustainable fish and so on and so on. So the, the pressures have been there. But for flowers, that's what the whole British flower rock thing is about, is putting pressure onto those people, educating the public so then the public can put pressure onto the 
supermarkets and 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 slowly but surely it is it is working but um that that's the whole point of uh more pressure needs to be put on them to to change their change their ways yeah. De- definitely man well, we, well I'll, talk, I'll talk about that more in a second one of the things i w- wanted to really know about uh especially is what what do you what do you actually have to do to grow these these flowers because obviously you don't use any chemicals at all on yours no so we don't use after harvesting we don't use any chemicals right so um if you can imagine it takes five weeks from flowers to get to ecuador into holland Holland over to the Great Yarmouth to the Midlands, the Midlands into a supermarket pack house, then to a middleman, then into a your local shop, then you give it to your friend, and then they last for about five days in their house. How? What? I mean, How? Wait, it's so down Their ben. journey, it takes five <laughs> weeks to go around the world because they go on big shipping containers. So um, what? basically it's a bit like Han Solo and Jabba's Palace in Star Wars. You know, they're cryogenically frozen in time as they travel around the world. So... Um, when our flowers are harvested, we chill them at about six degrees in chillers. Um, we don't put any chemicals on them, and then they're with the customer the same day, next day. So they're as fresh as fresh, but obviously flowers that are taking weeks to get into your homes, uh, they obviously have to be basically frozen at about half a degree. Storage facilities pump full of chemicals to keep them looking fresh. The packaging is lined with more chemicals to stop the buds opening in transit. Bring it out into your home. <laughs> you know, roses have no scent. Stay tight. Go brown and die. All stromeria, the foreign stuff, looks like tiny, frazzled, tiny little buds, faded out flowers. Because mm. they're old, man. They're, they're super old, whereas mine are as fresh as fresh. And the, um, you know, the carbon footprint of just transport, the packaging and the chemicals used is... A big, big difference between uh, my flowers and the uh, the imported flowers, you know. That's incredible. That's why I love having people like you on the podcast because literally, I never knew. <laughs> I never knew that about flowers. No one does because no one is no one is picking up the underbelly of the flower cut market in Britain. Unlike you know Jamie, Jimmy, Hugh Fernley, which has done with the food brilliantly. Um, you know, it's just not good enough. And what what's attached to the bottom of the bunches of flowers if you pick them up in the supermarket? So you've got your bunch of flowers, yeah. And at the bottom, at the bottom of the stem, what have they attached? Oh, you always got like food, the food thing. Yeah, what's it in? Well, plastic. Li- so we're talking about plastics in the ocean, plastic <laughs> ketchup sachets, That's plastic cotton buddies, coffee stirrers. What about the millions and millions of plastic flower food sachets on millions of bunches around the UK sat in our shops right now? Whereas my flowers, they don't need any chemicals, any gunk or man-made flower food. They're very happy just in cool water and they're chug on for three for three weeks. Mm, it's so true. So I again, the differences that. in that plastic flower food sachet and the plastic tape attaching the sachet to the bunch of flowers. I mean, there's no need for that with my bad boys. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it, just it, that it, small difference on one bunch over millions of bunches around the UK. Yeah. We could save loads of plastic and that's, packaging. That's such a good point. I never even thought about it in that way. Is that is that plant food because of the age of the flowers and they just sort of need that yeah, little boost? Yeah, it's just more chemicals. And it, it's, um, I actually did a test. So I had flowers in my house with flower food in my flowers with flower food in and my flowers without flower food in and actually the ones without the flower food 
lasted a day more. Oh, <laughs> but really? it was, you know, negligible because my flowers are fresh as fresh. Yeah. They're but... just going to last for ages anyway. Um, so, you know, again, it's no chemicals are sprayed on my flowers and no chemicals are needed to go into the water in your va- in your vases at home. So, again, massive um, differences, you know. People always ask me, how do you cut your lawn? Well, the simple answer is, well, uh, let me tell you, I fly more, fly more, fly more with daily fly more, fly more, fly more with daily fly more, fly more, fly more with daily fly more, fly more, fly more in daily fly more, fly more. Flamo, it daily flamo, 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 it daily flamo, 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 it daily flamo, 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 it daily Basically, sort of the Jamie Oliver of British flowers, man, with this British flowers rock. And I think it's such a good idea that. Do you want to explain a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah, loads of people have said, you know, you, you know, this is this is really good, and I get a lot out of the British Flowers Rock campaign because again, it's all off my own back. Yeah, it's not government funded. It's I don't get any funding. It's just something that I made up in 2014, and um, since then I've done over 350 talks, and we also, as well as doing the talks and all the outreach stuff, we also do organised uh, tours of the nursery as well. Oh, brilliant. That's about a two-hour tour, minimum of ten people. It's just the fiver ahead, and we do. Um, we're open to visits, you know, for a minimum of ten people. And because uh, so many nurseries or wholesale nurseries, they say, "Oh, private, keep out," and all this. Well, we want to let people in in an organised fashion to show them how differently we do it here yeah. than, than, than abroad. So, as well as the talks, we also do the tours. And I'm also part of um, Farmer Time. Oh, okay. so it's a, a DEFRA NFU initiative <laughs> sponsored by uh, Sainsbury's of all people. <laughs> <laughs> they probably don't even know I'm doing it. But basically, Farmer Time is where a farmer or grower is paired up with um, a school, a junior school. Okay. And I've been paired up with a school near Skegness of all places. And basically, it's half an hour every Wednesday, sort of a Skype call on my phone and then in the school it gets plastered onto their assembly hall wall and um yeah it's just teaching the kids about you know what i'm up to how i'm watering it feeding it you know pictures of the cat <laughs> you know it's just teaching the kids you know where their flowers come from and it's called uh, farmer time and it's a really cool sort of um outreach thing i've been doing for over a year now so that's really yeah. good that's really cool because, as, as you know, I'm 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 banging to getting kids into gardening and stuff like that. And one yeah. of the things is like, like even for me, even today at chatting to you, I never knew or even thought about massively about where our flowers come from. So it's mm-hmm. good 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 to get kids knowing earlier on, um, early on in in their education. Oh, for sure. I mean, know. farmer time was originally set up for for farmers, you know, growing food stuff. Yeah. And then I contacted them and said, well, hang on, guys. <laughs> um, you know, why don't we do it with flowers as well? It's really important to get the kids, 
you know, learning that they've got to support British flower growers as well as British food producers. And um, the kids, you know, they love it. <laughs> they send me Christmas cards and oh, they send me like drawings of me in the greenhouse. And yeah, it's a good little, um, well, quite a big thing, good big sort of thing we've got going now. So, um, and I know all the stuff you do with the schools as well. It's, you know, it's really important. So um, yeah. sort of locally, we go into local um, horticultural colleges sort of like Brinsbury Spa Shop sort of horticultural colleges and I give the talk and we actually do apprenticeship schemes with students so we have horticultural students uh, working here um, for work experience and then at the end of the day paid work you know oh, so, um, it's a good sort of collaboration between horticultural colleges and, and the nursery and um, you might hear at the moment with this virus going on that you know, farmers and growers, we haven't got enough people to pick our food and flowers and everything. Well, yeah. I've actually got a massive squad of people. I'm oversubscribed because I've been doing what I've been doing for so many years and I've got a good working relationship with the colleges. You know, I'm oversubscribed with workers because we we don't employ any agency staff at all. It's all local people, local students, horticultural students and you know, we want people working with us and for us that believe in British flowers and and the whole ethos and ethics of what we're doing. And because we've been doing it for so long, we've built up a really good squad of, of workers. So, again, we, we, we've never wanted to rely on agency workers. Yeah. Um, so we're in a good position during this crisis, which, again, has all come about through our own outreach programs you know that's brilliant man that's you it sounds like you've created quite a community yeah yeah i mean it's sort of quite a big community with the colleges now because i sort of traveled three or four hours out my way to get to them but yeah. as i say it's just once a year give the hour talk and then um we get we get the students that want to work over to us and we also do obviously the site visits for the for the colleges as well so yeah, they they really love it. I mean, more and more people are studying horticulture, but there's getting less and less places for them to work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because the more imported flowers that come in, we're losing glasshouse and greenhouses and things. So, um, you know, we need to ensure that these students have got somewhere to go to after they finish studying, right? So <laughs> Definitely, 100%. Yeah. Right. How do you see the future of, of this? That's a, so, so how many... Um around the country ben how many british flower producers are there around the country well as i say over 90 percent is imported now yeah and where i am between the south downs and the ocean is just perfect you know it's cooler here in the summer with the sea breeze and it's warmer here in the winter because the downs traps in the the heat that the, the the ocean's giving off at that time so it's perfect growing weather um but all the cut flower nurseries all in my area they've all gone now (laughs) they're either red brick housing estates they're used for storing old caravans buses and taxis um or they're just pummeled into the ground looking for um you know for houses to be built on them so in in my area i'm the last larger grower left in the uk there's only about I don't know, 10 to 15 larger growers left. Oh, wow. And then you've probably heard of them. They're called Flowers from the Farm. Yeah, I think yeah, I If think you go on to Flowers from the Farm's website, there's a lot of smaller um, sort of cool growers, um, a core of them that are growing 
sort of seasonal flowers as well. So listeners can head on to flowers from the farm and see what's being grown um, seasonally as well. So, but as I, as I say, there's not as much grown anymore <laughs> than there used to be. I mean, just where I am, um, florists between Southampton and Brighton, they used to come over um, to sort of my town and they used to get Alstroemeria from us, Sweet Williams, roses all year round, stocks, lilies, sweet peas, you know, a whole smorgasbord of different types of flowers, but they've all, unfortunately, they've all gone now. You know, they went about 20 years ago in the mid-late mid 80s, you know, mm. when the supermarkets and wholesalers started going the cheaper stuff, you know. Who's your biggest customer at the moment, then? Well, luckily, um, uh, a supermarket, Morrison's, uh, they want to go as much British as they can, and um, we're supplying Morrison's at the moment, which is going good. That's really good. Um, we supply Brighton uh, market, wholesale market, mm-hmm. and we supply direct to florists. So we do about 100 boxes a week via courier, next day delivery, direct to florists, florists that work from home, uh, even where hopefully when they're open, cafes and restaurants we supply, oh, cool. uh, and we supply the general public through um, our letterbox service. So we've collaborated with um, a florist called Beachtown Blooms, yep. local to me. So if you go on beachtownblooms.com, you can order a letterbox service of my flowers as well to the you know to, to, the, to the public, which is great. So we've got all sort of bases covered, which is really important yeah i find that letterboxing really interesting and and recently i've seen a lot more people like we even got one yesterday it wouldn't it wouldn't, wouldn't have been i'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been british a flower no, unfortunately we, but i've, I've seen yeah. that there's been definitely been a lot more of them pop up exactly well they've been going for a long time and i tried to contact all these big letterbox um, flower companies, you know, in 2011, 2014, and even recently before, just as this um, crisis, the virus started, um, I thought, oh, brilliant, I can phone them up and maybe they'll use British flowers in their letterbox yeah. um, deliveries because a lot of people obviously are ordering online now. But again, they weren't bothered. So I thought, right, I'll just do it myself then. So I teamed up with the local florist and, and that's what we're doing because the big boys, they didn't want my stuff they wanted to steal the foreign cheap stuff um i just said well let's have a go at doing it ourselves and um and that's what we've had we've had to do it ourselves because the the other letterbox companies weren't interested so again it's um it's been hard work getting it set up but now it's up and running hopefully people will choose um well sussex british grown flowers instead of you know ordering off of the other the other side hopefully yeah you think so is there is there a massive i mean you said about the 4p thing not long ago but is there a massive price difference uh, when you're buying no, british I mean, flowers because obviously if you're a supermarket you're dealing in millions of stems a week yeah so if you can get something from kenya south africa ecuador cambodia colombia for 0.001p cheaper a stem well, you're going to go over there because even if it's 0.01p cheaper, a stem cheaper, based on the fact that you're going to be using millions of those a year, it works out cheaper in the long run. But mm. as I say, if these supermarkets want to go carbon neutral and relu- um, reduce their carbon footprint, it just my mind boggles as to why, <laughs> as to why I throw away flowers in Sussex, but they can get them from. <laughs> 
Kenya, Colombia, Cambodia, and so on. It, it, my mind just it can't work out how that's ethical. No. It, it just doesn't compute me. So that's why the British Flowers Rock thing was was born, really. I can't work out how it's cheaper as well. Like, they have to travel it's so good. far. Um, in this country, I have to pay for my water. I have to pay for my heating. I have to pay for my roots. I have to pay the minimum wage, which has gone up. I have to pay minimum pensions, which has gone up. Whereas you've probably heard of fair trade. So yeah. fair trade is where our government will give other countries money to grow stuff for our country right. rather than giving a dime a cent a dollar back to their own growers in their own country. So it's basically their staff are on about a dollar a day. Um, you know, they get several water breaks. They live on site. It's just cheap labor. Right. The transport is all paid for by fair trade. So it costs me more money to get my flowers from Sussex to wherever in the UK than it does from flowers to go around the world because it's all it's all fair trade funded. That's but crazy. The thing that I'm striving for is that we need some at least, you know, can there not be a UK fair trade, you know? I yeah. mean, we're giving all our money to all these other growers in all these other countries. But, for example, I'm not asking for a lot of money, but it would be nice to upgrade my greenhouses or mm-hmm. um, actually put some money towards the British Flowers Rock campaign or to do some better labelling in supermarkets. And, you know, I'm just asking for small little changes that need a, a bit of funding, but we, we don't get any type of funding at all anymore. Um, that was all pulled in the uh, 70s and 80s, you know. The, the future of British Flowers Rock campaign, what, what, what have you got planned, man? Uh, well, <laughs> I had a lot of talks sure. um, planned again. I was going to do RHS Cardiff, um, but that was cancelled. Um, I was going to do a lot of big RHS shows. Um, I was going to do a Gardener's World Live thing uh, mm. down in Devon this summer. Um, there was lots of big things planned, but it's all obviously been postponed for next year. Um, but I did a British Flower Rock Live sort of small cut-down version um, with um, a lady from the RHS the other day. And I'm just looking for if there's any other people out there that have got um, good followers on an Instagram site, I'm happy to do my British Flower Rock thing sort of live, basically, um, cool, on online. So instead of going to a big village hall and doing it in front of the RHS club, I'm happy to sort of team up with people to do it basically online. Um, really get cool, the information man. out. So, um, sort of the way forward, I guess. Two more questions for you, dude. One is, as an industry, in the garden industry, what can we do to help? Oh, I think just, just trying to raise the awareness that there are people like me here. Mm-hmm. So it's not all plants and things with the in the ornamental sector we still do have cut flower growers um of a large scale um so we just need to be included and included in things a bit more um there's so many things that i miss out on because we don't really get officially invited or we're not really included in it and and things like that so it's no it's no one's fault it's just if we're included in things a lot more within the gardening horticultural rhs world um it would just bring that british flowers rock campaign to the public yeah, to yeah. The forefront a bit more so um that's why i was looking forward to rhs cardiff and if, if i can do more talks at rhs shows in front of you know joe blogs and the family and all of that that's that's really where 
the message needs to get to. It needs to get to the public. And I'm hoping that people like the RHS can can get on board with me a bit more and, and get me um, doing a few more um, a few a few more things. So that that would be really really handy. That'd be know, cool. And a close relationship with it. Yeah. And finally, as consumers, how and what can we do to make sure we're buying British? Well, as I said, it's very very difficult because labelling is so poor in the mm. supermarket, and if you find a bunch of flowers with the British Union Jack on it, you're probably going to be buying those flowers at too cheap a price. Right. For example, Sweet Williams were four pounds, now they're two pounds. Daffodils, daffodils were one ninety nine a bunch, now they're ninety five p a bunch. So if you can buy British flowers from your local florist, so it's just like Jamie Jimmy Hugh Fernie saying, support your local farm shop, support your local fruit and veg shop. If you can urge them to buy from people like me, it's a lot better sort of cycle. Um, whereas if you're buying from a supermarket, you know, you're not really giving the grower enough money back so mm-hmm. he can keep on growing. <laughs> you know, it's using that daffodil analogy, for example. You know, how can things keep getting cheaper when we're in 2020? Yeah. You, know? you won't be point. able to buy daffodils in 2030 if... If, if daffodils keep getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and sweet williams get cheaper and you know certain things like that so um or if the public they want to just have you know a letterbox delivery during this crisis as i say they can log on to beachtownblooms.com and order i think it's only 20 pounds including postage and packaging mm-hmm. and they can get um uh, we can fit i think 16 stems of my flowers into a box for that price so it's really good value cool. um and if not yeah support your local fruit veg florists and, and things like that and even if people are running cafes and restaurants and they have flowers on the table you know people can come direct to me and and get the flowers that way as well so you know it's um it's readily available uh, especially via courier you know yeah that's it man well look dude uh well i'll be following your british flower rock stuff a lot more closely because I think it's a really important thing. So um, thanks for coming on the podcast and chatting about it, dude. Well, a good a good story for today is that I'm going over to my local hospital. Oh. And um, going over to St. Richard's in Chichester. Uh-huh. And um, I've teamed up with this charity called Hugger Hospital and we're donating 150 bunches of oh. my flowers to the nurses over there. Oh, that's cool, man. And for the clap for carers, because it's Thursday today. Of course. So we'll oh. be doing the clap for carers over at my local hospital with um, some bunches of flowers, so that'd be sweet. Yeah. Oh, nice one, dude. That's <laughs> a good little thing to end on, isn't it? That's <laughs> better, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it chirpy at the end, mate. <laughs> well well yeah. done. No worries. <laughs> Thanks, dude. And there we have it, everyone. Ben Cross from Crossland's Flower Nursery. Go look them up, peeps. Um, do you know what? I never realised, and I love podcasts that I do the interview, and I'm learning as I chat. Like, I never knew how far, like, them flowers that I'm handing to my wife, I never knew. Them, I'm really sorry, flowers. Them flowers, I never knew how far they'd travelled before they got into our home. That's crazy, right? We really, at this time, we really need to support local, really need to support our nurseries. Uh, I've talked a lot about the garden centres as well. But we really do need to support um, our growers 
in this time of need. Do you know what I mean? So, look, I hope you got a lot from that. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let Ben know. He's on the Insta. Uh, let me know. I'm on the everywhere, Insta, Twitter, all them sort of things. Uh, so, yeah, please let me know what you think. And, yeah, I'm definitely going to be thinking a lot more in the future about where my flowers come from. I hope you do too. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks for flying over supporting the podcast. Uh, for now, I shall speak to you next week. Migration. Garden, a podcast sponsored by Flyro.